Hey, this is Rodney E from the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Quick PSA. This episode is just me and the Oracle. Matt is AWOL at the moment. We will hopefully track him down for the next episode, but let's just get straight into this one. It's a really long one, a little bit of a boozy one towards the end. Had myself a few beers on the Sunday while I was talking to Frank. Uh, You'll probably be able to tell that from listening to the episode. So hope you enjoy this one. And uh, let's get straight to it. The Garbage Time Basketball Podcast, Episode 24. Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I am Rodney E. I am the point god of sport comedy podcast here in the Garbage Time Lab. And we are recording on the 13th of November. I have got the Oracle with me, thankfully, today. What's going on, Frank? How are you, mate? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. Fucking... Tell you what, fucking hay fever's fucking kicking in. It's kicking my ass. Fucking my my ankle, my old basketball injuries, f- fucking flaring up and giving me this shit. Is that the same foot that used to that you used to use to step on my foot when you were doing post moves back in the day? I'll fucking kick your ass. What are you talking about? <laughs> fucking, I didn't do that dirty shit. That fucking move worked on me every time. You stepped on my foot and then did a sky hook over me. And it worked every time. You scored on me every fucking time. They used to piss Stepped me on off. your foot. What am I got? Have I got fucking eyes in the back of my head? How am I going to step on your foot? <laughs> I I guarantee you, mate. It, it, it definitely happened on more than one occasion. And uh, look, I'm trying to give you a compliment here. All right, it was it, it was genius. It was unstoppable. I couldn't figure out a way to stop you. That's why it pissed me off so much. Well, uh, any NBA players listening, feel free to give me a call and I'll uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll teach you how to do that. It's the new Skyhook. Skyhook 2.0 is where you step on their foot first before. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, I'll get Hakeem with me and, uh, you know, we'll teach some of these young bloods how to do it. Yeah. Us old guys with all the old basketball knowledge, you know, we should uh, should be dropping that. That's that's what this podcast is for, Frank. Drop all that knowledge from back in the day. Back in the day. Now, where's Matt? Where is he? I don't know where he is. I, I haven't heard from him. He's uh, he's AWOL at the moment. Um, I don't know. You know, have, have you heard anything? He's uh, he, he's off the off the radar at the moment. Yeah. No, I have. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's gone to America again for some reason. I'm not too sure. I would- Maybe there's an ice break shortage happening somewhere, and he's a- addressing that. I, I, I Maybe he's still working with with uh, Ume. I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, Yudoka is. Uh, you know, he's he's in the NBA no man's land at the moment. He's in NBA purgatory, being that uh, Brooklyn have gone with Jacques Vaughn, and, and that's actually the first thing we're going to talk about. So let's just uh, let's just get into the opening tip right now. The hiring of Jacques Vaughn instead of Ime 
Udoka at the Brooklyn Nets there. What do you think about that, Frank? That came out of nowhere. I mean, he was – Udoka was – Pretty much, from what I read, was that uh, it was pretty much nearly a done deal. And then all of a sudden, they must have pulled the plug and gone, okay, maybe it's not a good look with us uh, with what was going on with Kyrie as well. Yeah, due to um, a bit of public pressure, right? Like uh, there was a bit of backlash in their, you know, their publicizing of their intentions to hire Yudoka, along with, you know, what, what Kyrie has said. And we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But just. On Udoka, I actually read a report from the Boston media that said that they were okay with releasing Udoka. You know, he was up for up for grabs, so to speak. They were happy to release him from any sort of intention of theirs to rehire him after Joe Mazzola. Because I think Mazzola's worked out so far for the for the Celtics. That's another thing we'll get into later. Sorry, everyone. I'll I'll stop saying we'll get into stuff later when I'm preempting it. But uh, yeah, Yudoka uh, definitely not going back to the Celtics. We know that, um, but definitely not being hired by the Nets either. Uh, they've gone with the James Harden of NBA head coaches, Jacques Vaughn. Well, I don't actually know that much about him. Do you know much about him? Well, Jacques Vaughn was um, – didn't he used to coach the Orlando Magic from memory? I was going to say, Orlando pops up in the mind. I'm pretty sure he was a head coach for them for a period of time. That's where he sort of – and he sort of drifted into the assistant coaching ranks since then. But now he's the full-blown head coach of, of the Brooklyn Nets. And, I mean, they've got their share of problems, obviously, at the moment with Kyrie and everything. But I I think Jacques Vaughn is, is actually a good decision by them. It's probably the first good decision that Brooklyn have made. <laughs> this year and and during the uh, preseason to this NBA season. Yeah, I mean, he sort of came out of left field as well. After Doke, you know, said oh, he was pretty much nearly a done deal, there was no other name that I could uh, – I read or anything to say that, uh, you know, they were looking at other coaches or whatever. No one else came up and all of a sudden he got hired. So, yeah, it was weird. Maybe another player-driven thing there at, at Brooklyn. Maybe KD or someone spoke up and said, look, we just want the guy who's already here. We're not looking for more drama by having Udoka back and people hating this because we're hiring a guy who's likely to fuck all the shoes in the locker room. <laughs> and anything no, else no, he can get his hands on. No, nobody leave their Air Jordans lying around because Udoka will, you know, get his get his knob into it. Crocs, gum boots, Ugg boots. We we have no idea what is you know, what the extent of Ima Yudoka's shoe fetish is. I would like to publicly state that on the podcast right now. Yeah, you're probably seeing some mistress at some BDSM club with a for <laughs> yeah. a foot fetish or some shit he's got he, going on. He is know. he is legitimately in NBA purgatory at the moment due to the Jack Vaughn decision made by the Brooklyn Nets. But let's talk about Kyrie a little bit. What's your view on that, Oracle? What what do you see happening with Kyrie at the at the Brooklyn Nets? Oh, what a shitstorm that is. Absolute shitstorm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, apparently he's close to coming back to playing with him and he's done everything that's been needed from him that the owner wanted him to do. It, it still astounds me that the NBA hasn't really, you know, Adam Silver hasn't really come into this. He says, all right, you just... Brooklyn Nets, you handle this. And that's sort of – I'll just leave my head scratching going that, you it's know. It's a little bit uh, – <sighs> the word that comes to mind is disjointed. 
with yeah. the NBA at the moment. Like the head of the NBA is saying, okay, teams, you do what you want with the players as far as uh, suspensions and having reasons for not including them in your active lineup. So washing their hands of in- individuals, uh, you know, situations and just palming that off to the teams and, and, and the teams are having the pressure all fall on them pretty much. And and this is for stuff that is not basketball related. It is politically motivated, in my view. Now you think that the NBA would, would have a hard stance on things like of this nature – that, yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm just. I'm still just shaking my head about, about. I'm with you as far as the NBA should have a hard stance either way. Like they either have a hard line political stance that is likely to divide the audience of the basketball watching public, or completely dissolve any sort of political link to the basketball association in America. Because the more you politicize things, the more you marginalize one group of people, no matter what you believe. You know, there is there is no one belief that is gonna unite everybody. I don't I don't care what anyone says, Frank. Like that's that's the reality to me. So if you're gonna take a hard line politically in one sense, you're gonna alienate a lot of the people who support the league by watching it and consuming it and paying for it on League Pass like you and I do. So I think it's in the best interest of the NBA to dissolve any sort of political motivation to to how they decide rules in terms of codes of conduct in the NBA. I kind of support the way Adam Silver says, all right, teams, you do your own thing. It's kind of like their system of government in America and similar to Australia where we have a federal level of parliament and we have a state level of parliament. I think that's what the NBA is trying to align itself with. But at the same time, I, I just think they shouldn't be political. I think the popularity of the NBA would rise if they stop being so politically motivated with different things that are that are promoted through the NBA. Whether it's harking back to like, what's his name, the Houston um, GM or, you know, making statements about Hong Kong protesting against China. The NBA should either say, look, we're going to let the team speak on this sort of stuff and say what they want, and we're not going to punish them for doing that, but us as a league don't align ourselves with those individuals' comments. Because I think right now they're trying to be the police where they're not really qualified to be the police. As a player, you should know that now regardless of what your opinions or thoughts on, whether it's religion or or anything like that, there's going to be people who like what you said and there's going to be people who hate what you said. Yep. What you're best off doing is just shutting your mouth. And if you're going to be on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that, post photos or something like that. Don't Maybe just, uh, you know, if, if you're going to do that, add a disclaimer and say, look, I am not speaking on behalf of my team or the organization or the NBA. There's a certain amount of freedom I think the NBA league could benefit from if they allow. You know, they just have to stop this nonsense that everything a player does is somehow derogatory to to the league. I think the league benefits from including all the different opinions of everybody and saying, look, we don't agree with any of these particularly, but we're allowing our players to, you know, have the freedom of expression 
and we're not supporting any of those ideologies particularly, but us as a league are staying apolitical in a sense. Like, why would you be political as a professional sports league? Why? You're only going to annoy all the people that don't agree with that political ideology, no matter what it is. The thing is, there have to be other players out there who would have different opinions and views on a lot of things, but they know to keep their mouth shut. Or they and- just prefer to keep that stuff private. They don't, exactly. want to put it, they don't want to put it out publicly. They prefer to keep that stuff private, and that privacy is respected as well. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a hard line either way. I think it's more of a hard line when you do take a political perspective and say everyone has to follow this if you're going to play in the NBA. Do you agree with that or do you think that's not correct? I mean, if you want to be part of society and and whatnot, I mean, it's the same as having a driver's license. There, is, there are rules you need to abide by whether you agree or not. That's true. And if you want to be part of that, if you want to be able to drive around with a car, then you do you these are the rules. I think if you're gonna have boundaries, then they need to be clearly defined. Yeah, and and I think the yeah, Kari did go over those boundaries and that's why like yeah, the the team has done their own thing and I'm just still surprised that Adam Silver hasn't said anything about it. Yeah, being that uh he sort of clearly holds a certain political ideology but i think he sort of he's sort of successful in not branding the whole nba with it i think he's he's done okay in that regard which is you know uh, but i mean i mean maybe he's he's done an internal email to everyone or yeah well of course communication to everyone saying you know what kairi has done isn't acceptable yeah blah, blah 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 um you know we don't want to see this again there's probably almost definitely a memo that's been sent around the NBA that says, look, if your players take a hard line politically on any issue, teams will be enabled to impose whatever sanctions they like and the NBA is not going to dissuade them from doing that. They're going to allow them to treat their players how they want. There's not going to be a protocol by the league other than you know, a certain amount of fairness is involved. And I mean, it's even the teams have decided not to use these players. Like you look at Enos Cantor as well. He's sort of, you know, he yeah. came out and said a few things and he's not yeah, playing yeah, in the NBA yeah. right now. Good point. Um, now, he's not Kyrie type of player, but he's still be a, a decent bench player that any team could probably use. That's right. And he's out of the league now, probably and most likely due to political comments. Not only stuff that he said, but shoes that he wore. And now you, you got to think, you know, how much has Kyrie hurt himself? As, as far as I can see, Kyrie is... Standing firm on his position. I'm also seeing reports that say that there's no timetable for Kyrie's return, but that they've had a good talk and we're all reaching an understanding. And Kyrie uh, doesn't hate anyone, you know, especially any sort of Jewish group of people. Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, is is uh, has tweeted that particular statement out. So the league is being very careful to not brand Kyrie as an anti-Semitic public figure, being that his comments were sort of aimed at Jews. It's it's murky waters, isn't it? 
when we it is. Start, when we start getting into this stuff, it's it's very difficult to provide. I think we do okay being objective because we're so removed from America, right? But but we still have plenty of those sort of politics that exist in Australia that affects sport. And now this is Kyrie's final year in his contract, so right. There's three things that can happen is that does he want to stay and re-sign with Brooklyn? Does Brooklyn want him back? And then uh, other teams must be looking at the situation going, do we want this guy on our team? I think this is preempting a Kyrie trade, honestly. I think the Brooklyn Nets want to trade him while he's still got decent value. They don't see him as part of the organization after this year. Yeah, I think you could be. I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think I think we will be proven right in time with that, Frank. Let's talk about the Lakers. All right, are they going to trade Anthony Davis? Yeah. Come on, mate. Don't take too long here. Don't think <laughs> too hard about it. Uh, I mean, everyone knows that how injury prone he is, and he's already missed a few games this season. He hasn't really taken over any games. He's starting to play a bit better. But, uh, you know, probably what, what the Lakers would want would probably be way too much than what any other team would give up for him. Apparently, he has come out and said that if he does get traded, he would like to go back to Chicago. How likely are Chicago uh, going to put together a package to trade for Anthony Davis, Frank? Yeah, well, I mean, do you think that the Lakers would probably want some of the young guns that the Bulls have got? And I don't think... Our Bulls GM will want to give up Ayo or Patrick Williams. Yeah. Um, Those you know, guys are good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Vucevic is in his last year of his contract, so I don't know if they're going to re-sign him. Vooch and Kobe White are expendable. Oh, definitely. Kobe White, they didn't extend a contract with him, so he'll be a restricted free agent into the season. So um, he could be traded before the end of why, the season. Why to wait until the end of the season? Why wouldn't you package together those two guys for Anthony Davis right now? I mean, if it was just those two, I'd do it. But I think the Lakers would want a bit more than that. And I don't think the Chicago would would give up much more. I think you're right. I think the Lakers are going, nah, that's not enough for Anthony Davis. We want draft picks. We want... Well, considering they don't, they don't have any fucking draft picks. Yeah, we want Patrick Williams as well. Like, they want Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and Vucevic all for Anthony Davis. I reckon that's what the Lakers are probably saying to... Chicago right now, right? And and probably a, a couple of first round picks as well. Yeah, I'd and say. and probably two first round picks, if, yeah. if possible. Yeah, uh, I don't see that happening. There's no way Chicago give up that much for Anthony Davis because the guy doesn't like in warm up. He, he's one of the only players I've seen in pre games look like he's not even going to start the game. Yeah. Have you have you ever watched pregames, Lakers pregames, Frank? No, 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 I haven't. Being that I've got league pass now, right? I, I'm a NBA elite. The pregame, Anthony Davis v uh, Sacramento. Listen, he's the only player that I have watched in a pregame looking like he's not going to start the game. The way he labors around and does little hobbles and stuff after layups in in pregame, Anthony Davis. I don't imagine any team wanting that problem. I mean, is, is he like that? Because I wonder if he does say to Lakers, "I want to trade. I want to get out." You reckon of here it's because- a, it's an act. It's a, it's a it's a ruse to get him to 
where he wants to go in Chicago and all of a sudden, you know, he starts getting 26 and 10 a game and blocking a few shots and Chicago were top four in the East. Is I that, mean, he would he did definitely uh, help out the, the things that we do need as long as he could stay healthy. If it all hinges on that, and the Lakers are asking for three players and draft picks. But, I, I mean... Uh, seems a bit the- precarious, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like that's the sort of thing that's exactly not going to happen. <laughs> and Anthony Davis will end up playing for Philadelphia. <laughs> Maybe Miami. You think Miami is a potential landing destination for... Tell me why you think that. I, I think they've got a couple of big contracts that they could get rid of. With Chicago... I mean, you, at a bio, got... you're obviously thinking Bam in that deal. So Bam goes to the Lakers for Davis plus Duncan Robinson, right? Yep, at least. But you also got to think like with Chicago as well. Davis is on pretty much a maximum contract. So it's Levine throw in DeRozan. Then you've got Lonzo Ball. He's on twenty a year. Then you've got you got Patrick Williams and Ao who will have to be resigned shortly. So there's yeah, uh, there's not a lot of room. Salary-wise for Chicago. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like it's going to be a you know a possible thing that's going to happen without Chicago giving up a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to have to give up a lot to cover that, that salary. Maybe it would have to be Levine and Kobe White. Yeah, I don't think they'd give up Levine. You wouldn't think so after signing him to a $215 million contract or whatever. Yeah. I could see them giving up DeRozan before. Levine. Yeah, yeah, but DeRozan hasn't had a great start to the season, but, you know, we we all know what he can deliver. Yeah, exactly. He's Well, he's, you saw him playing against Boston, you know, he put up 46. Yeah, he was unstoppable. Like, he has unstoppable type offensive game. I mean, definitely makes you think, but um, I think for now, Davis is going to stay. Not not until he can put up consistent numbers, you know, stay healthy for a bit, and then, you know, maybe some teams will inquire about him. But for now, I don't, he's staying at the Lakers. The Lakers, they're the drama queen team of the NBA again, aren't they? And I'm fucking loving it. I'm, I'm loving seeing them at the bottom. It's great. <laughs> Especially when fucking LeBron's on that team too. Now, yeah, I want to talk about LeBron a a little bit because, um, you know, he's made some comments about concerning referees. And LeBron is pretty regularly, he's been consistently documented over the last couple of years as being pretty inauthentic, a little bit ingenuine with his comments. These comments that he's made about the NBA refs, about his relationship with the NBA refs, I believe is highly dubious, Frank. Highly dubious. I'm going to play you this little bit of the press conference that LeBron gave after after a game probably uh, last week, specifically about the NBA referees. This is how LeBron talks about his relationship with the referees in the NBA. One point tonight, I had 22 points and 20 of them was in the paint. Um, last game, um, I got bumped, knocked off the path a few times, and at halftime, the refs came to me and told me they they missed it. And that's kind of been what they've been telling me over the last couple of years that they just missed it. Do you feel like that'll swing back this no. season? What's going on with with LeBron and and the NBA refs, Frank? What's what's going on there? You know what? Refs will miss calls. They're not perfect. Of course. They're human beings like everybody else. They're going to make mistakes. 
But, you know, we all know that superstars of the NBA, they all think they should be treated differently. They should get more calls, easier calls. I mean, you know, you, you see the rookies, they get fouled and whatnot, and they the refs just go, you know, move on type thing. And then, you know, but the elite NBA players, they expect everything on fucking on the pedestal. And you know what? They're going to miss calls. They'll make some calls. You just got to fucking move on. Yeah, LeBron talking about how the refs are coming to him personally and saying, we're making mistakes, sorry, and that's all that's happening. They're just coming to him and apologising for stuff they're missing. And they've been doing that He's making it sound like they're doing it on purpose. That's the way he comes across, which is Do you think that's what it is? Like, that's how cryptic this is? Like, he's, he's basically telling lies about what the referees are telling him to have a go at NBA referees. He's making it sound like it's a scandal of some sort that, you know, yeah, as I said. That's what I think. They're doing it on purpose. I think he's 100% full of shit. Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And if he's, obviously, he was getting the calls. If he's not anymore for some, for whatever reason, he's used to getting those calls. Now now he's fucking, he's having to be cry about it. I don't know. You know what, LeBron? Start being specific. If you've got some complaint with calls uh, being made, not being made, I would ask him, be specific. Single out a play where you were disadvantaged, explain what the call should have been, and uh, we can then go back and assess what call was made and whether it should have been something else. That would be the rational way to approach it, man. Yeah, yeah, it would be. As you said, he's spot on. What, What play was it? Exact. Just be specific and say, on this particular play, I know what I did. The defensive player was not in position or whatever, and I got fouled. It wasn't called. Say that. He's not saying that. He's saying, for years, the NBA refs have been coming to me and saying, we miss calls. Sorry, LeBron. But, I mean, if it's been happening for years, why hasn't he spoken up? He's full of shit. That's why. I mean, even if it has been happening for years, you'd think that their coaches would have spoken up to the league about it and say, hey, you know, LeBron's being mistreated by the refs by not having, you know, certain foul calls or whatever. you think they would have been all over it by now. Exactly. It's, it's nowhere near as much as LeBron is making it out to be. No. As has been made evident with this most recent public statement. So let's move on from stupid LeBong's comments and the fucked Lakers who can't do a fucking thing right at this point, (laughs) except uh, maybe play Austin Reeves more minutes. The Golden State Warriors, they're not playing so well. In saying that, they did beat the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday, but overall, this first 15 or so games to the NBA season hasn't been good for the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson, in particular, probably the worst start any year he's ever had in his career. Yeah, he, he still doesn't look like his old self, does he? I don't know what's... I mean, he's, he's had the full preseason now. He's just... Uh, I don't know. He's just not the same player he used to be before the injury. I watched a video yesterday on a YouTube channel called B-Ball Breakdown. Do you know that channel at all? Uh, no. I'll give it credit here because they put a good video out on why the Warriors are so shit right now. And... The particular thing they mentioned about Clay Thompson was that he typically has a wide base when he shoots. Have you noticed that? When he when he shoots the ball, his legs are probably slightly wider than uh, his shoulder width. Okay. 
right? Fundamentally, when he when he's shooting the ball. And B-ball breakdown, basically, they put forward the hypothesis that he has too wide a stance and that he needs to bring his legs a bit closer together to get that little bit more power in his shot so it stops being short and starts finding the middle of the hoop. I watched the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday. Clay hit his first shot of the game, and then he missed his next nine. Okay. Wow. If you're looking for a specific reason as to why Clay Thompson isn't playing so well, then have a look at the width of his stance when he shoots the ball. Because, to be honest, I saw a lot of his shots fall short. There's another reason why, too. I have seen some Warrior games, and it was evident. The starting five, they've been playing well together. They'd get a decent lead, but then their bench comes on, and they're the complete opposite. They're, they are just not gelling well. The no. chemistry's not there. And, you know, whatever lead Golden State did have, it was squandered away after a few minutes with their bench on, and then the starters would come back on, and they're, they're in the rears. They're, they're pretty much reliant on Steph Curry having a a good game at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, Wiseman and Kaminga, they're not playing well together. They should be. They need to uh, because, you know, you can't play your starters, obviously, 48 minutes a game, but um, their their bench is a massive problem. They're a big part of the bench too, Wiseman yeah. and Kaminga. Yeah, and yeah, it's obvious Steve Kerr needs to get, just work on the bench at the moment, you know, spend a lot of time. In addition to that, it's also Draymond Green not playing as well as he has in previous years. Not delivering those pocket passes as crisply as he used to. He doesn't hit threes anymore. He doesn't take on any of the offense. You know, he's still setting screens and getting rebounds out there and probably facilitating a a good amount of their three-point shots. But other than that, man, he's fallen off for me. Yeah, he's not the player that he was four or five years ago, that's for sure. Definitely not. They can't – they definitely can't hinge a championship run – on Draymond, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry anymore? Can they? They definitely no. can't. No, no. Especially yeah, the defensive has fallen off as well. So you know, there's so many true, so many teams out there who can offensively score as much as they are, and yeah. So 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 the Warriors are quite obviously on a big slide here. Do they still do anything in the playoffs? Do you think, or it's the bench that needs to fucking fire up? That's for sure. So. Yeah. I I saw rumours that they were trying to get Jay Crowder out of Phoenix. Three and deep type of player, that definitely that, that definitely worked for them. Well, yeah, they definitely need something like that. At the moment, they got rid of uh, Gary Payton Jr. They weren't willing to – or Gary Payton too. They weren't willing to pay him. So the Blazers got him, right? He hasn't even suited up for the Blazers. Actually, a bit of a good segue into the Blazers and the U-Charge – Jazz, who have started the season on top of the Western Conference, Frank. Now, how unexpected is this? Is this is this real? I watched the Utah game a couple of days ago, and I was quite impressed. They were well coached, and they've got the team where you know the players know what their role is, and they'll do it. They don't complain. They just they play the game, and they were quite fluent in their offense. Markinen is is he's he's continued playing extremely well. He he might be a top ten player in the league 
What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think from what I saw last time, he was, he was putting out 22, 10 rebounds and four assists a game, I think, which is really, really good numbers. He is playing awesome. Yeah, he hasn't played this well in the NBA uh, for a long, long time. Well, I don't think he ever has, to be honest. He I don't think play, he, he didn't no. play this well for Chicago. I know that. No, he didn't. Cleveland. I mean, he was inconsistent, like he was how he was with Chicago. But yeah, Euroleague just turning him into a monster, and he's continued that on. And you know, Jordan Clarkson is playing extremely well too. Yes, the Filipino guard Jordan Clarkson playing pretty well, and also Kelly Olynyk, Colin Sexton as well. Like th- these guys are playing. Insanely good basketball. They, they they got good team chemistry. They like each other. They seem happy. They got Mike Conley there taking charges all day. It's weird. That Utah situation is is weird as everyone thought they were just going to tank and, and go for Wembenyama, but maybe they don't even bother with that now. They just continue winning. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Are they going to drop off? Do you think they'll drop off at any stage? I reckon they'll, they will drop off and maybe between six and eight. Well, if I we think- would if we were doing hope or nope, which which we can do, then I would say I would actually say Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards nope with you as well. I think it's a bit of a mirage. I think they'll get worse as the NBA season goes on and probably win under forty games, the Jazz. Now, the Blazers, in contrast to that, they are also I think they lost today uh, against the Mavs when we're recording this. But up until today, that team has been pretty good, even without Lillard. Yeah, they've been uh, – Jeremy Grant's been great for them. But uh, I know Nurkic didn't play today. He was um, out today as well. That's right. Yep. But Lillard, yeah, Lillard was back today. And he, he put up 29 and yeah. 12, I think. You know, he was good. It was – it was. I was feeling like he was maybe going to try and take over at the end there, but it didn't happen and, and the Mavs – Took it out. Luca is an incredible force down low. Like if he gets the ball down low, whoever's guarding him has got no chance because <laughs> they're almost certainly smaller than him. And he just turns around and he's got all those post moves and he's got all the footwork of a of a post player. That probably goes a bit underrated, I think, in in Luca's game, despite him being pretty inefficient from the field. A lot of the time, you forget how young he is as well. You keep looking at his numbers and then he's like, oh shit, you know, the guy's only, what, 21, 22? He he seems like a a veteran already. Yeah. And he kind of is because of how long he's been playing professionally. I think that's what it is, you know. He just has that aura around him that that, that makes him uh, seem sort of above, you know, he's a level above like other players his age. And I think... The Mavs have got a decent scorer in Dinwiddie and a good third option in Christian Wood. So that team's probably going to be pretty good in the West. But, you know, I wanted to talk about the Blazers, man. Like, <laughs> Jeremy, yeah, well, Grant, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant played pretty well today. He is legitimately a 1A, I think. Lillard didn't seem disconcerted at all to defer to him in the offense. And he, he did pretty well. Well, he ended up with 37 points and six rebounds. And yeah. for the year so far, Jeremy Grant's averaging nearly 21 points and five rebounds a game. And, you know, that's a fantastic pickup for the Blazers. That's turning out to be a great off-season move for the Blazers, right? Getting Jeremy Grant, that was pretty – I don't think it was underreported, but I don't think the opinion of it was that great. 
at the time, but he's turning out to be a really good fit for the Blazers and Shaden Sharp as well. Like that guy is just showing flashes of elite potential. There's probably a few years to wait for him, but yeah, I mean he's just under ten points a game at the moment, and uh, as you said, they've uh, they've still got Gary Payton the second to come back. They're a solid defensive unit, the Blazers, for me. I think that's why they've been able to have such a good record early is because they've committed to some defense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Chauncey Belts has done a, a great job. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably gone understated as well. Yeah, I mean, what, you look at him last season and he, he took over and sort of nothing really happened. And, you know, I think Matt was sort of questioning, is he the right coach? And... uh you know, he's spent an off-season with him and he's turned his, his franchise around. And, you know, they're currently, what's second, I think? Yeah. Yeah, they lost. Oh, they're, they're third. They're third at the moment. They're I think they dropped Memphis. a spot, losing uh, to the Mavs today, but still in a strong position in the West. How likely is that to last? Do you think that's that's real or not? I think they'll drop off somewhat, but they'll make, they should make the playoffs. I think they could crack 50 wins. Oh. Yep. I can see that happening. And, you know, teams like the Warriors dropping, maybe Memphis dropping a little bit. I think they're going a little bit over-heralded at the moment. Jar Morant's playing insane basketball. Yes, that's a given. But overall, that team, I think, is vulnerable. I don't think they're a lock for top four at all in the West. There's probably a couple of spots there that the Blazers could move up into if they can consistent enough. And I think their defense is definitely improved, even if their offense isn't that improved. I think they'll keep themselves in more games just because they're a better defensive unit. Well, I'm yet to check out a full game of Portland, but I am keen to do that. I want to see see how good they are. Well, I think if you own League Pass, Frank, you have zero excuse. If you want to watch a a certain team... I I am doing that, man. I've been checking out fucking heaps of games. It's been great. Let's talk a a little bit. Uh, This is going to be a bit self-indulgent, but the Celtics are 10-3. 10-3? 10-3 after today beating the Pistons. Yeah, without Cade Cunningham. But Jason Tatum looks awesome. You were calling him to be traded. Last season. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I said I said that. And I was very angry at the time. And that was during our you know, that that, that was before we were convinced that Udoka had got through to them and obviously well before they made a finals series against the Warriors, but it's a good start for the Celtics. I, I really like the makeup of the team. Their best seven players are really, really strong. Like Tatum, Brown. Brogdon, Smart, then you got Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams. And that's, if you talk about Robert Williams, you talk about him in the top seven players of that rotation. So I think the Boston Celtics look pretty good. And yeah, Brogdon has been playing really well. I checked out the Chicago-Boston game four or five days ago, I think now. And uh, yeah, I was really, really impressed with Brogdon. He, was, he, uh, he just... Uh, suits up and he just gets gets the shit done and he's just uh he really suits the team. He's kind of I think he had a nickname that was the president or Mr. President or something for a little while. I would like to call him the businessman, you know? He just scores the points or gets the rebound or gets the assist. He's coming in and doing yeah, 14, pretty much 14 points per game, four rebounds, three and a half assists per game. I mean that that's that's what you want from your bench player. That's great. In saying that, he is a little bit injured 
at the moment. That was the slight on Malcolm Brogdon, is that he doesn't, uh, he's not always a, available. Thankfully, we only played the Detroit Pistons today. So, you know, they were able to get over them. But they definitely need Brogdon in the mix, I think, to be a uh, contender. I think the Boston Celtics may be kind of an equal favourite with the Bucks at the moment, despite the Bucks dealing with a bit of Giannis injury at the moment. What do you think, Frank? Well, you got to think with the Bucks, they've still got Middleton to come back, and they reckon that Joe Ingles could be ready by the end of December, but more he might come back after the All-Star break. That's definitely going to, you know, they're playing extremely well now, but, you know, adding those two, especially Middleton, Joe Ingles, who can just, you know, he he won't have to do the things he had to do in Utah. He could just sort of just hang around the three-point line, set, do some screens, three-point shots, and, you know, that's what Milwaukee need. They need, a, you know, a couple of three-point shooters, and Joe's going to do that for him. My personal preference would be to have Joe Ingles take Grayson Allen's spot in the rotation. Well, funny you said that. Apparently, he's up for trade. They've put out the feeler saying, you know, he's available yeah. for a trade. So Yeah, because they, they can see Ingles being that guy and also not having the stigma of being the most punchable player in the NBA. Yeah, being a dirty cunt. People can say what they want about Delhi. I don't, I don't think Delhi has a malicious bone in his body. He just loves basketball. Just a typical junkyard dog when it comes to playing basketball. He sees a ball, he runs after it, he tries to get it. Grayson Allen has a history in the NCAA of fouling deliberately other players to try and get an advantage for Duke. Yep. I think it's a morality upgrade for the Milwaukee Bucks to get rid of Grayson Allen and, um, you know, replace him with Ingles. It's a, it's a big upgrade. He's a better person. Yeah, well, I mean, he'd be a better person on the court as well as off the court inside the locker room. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly what I'm talking about. Let's get to Hero and Zero, Frank. A hero. Or zero. I'm going to start with a zero. All right, hit us. My zero is Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. Um, now, the reason I'm calling him out is... Now, you remember David Stern. Now, he, he was a great commissioner. He was he didn't take any shit. He was handing out fines left, right, and center to keep teams and players in check. You know, there was... If an NBA player wasn't wearing the right attire on court, bang, 10 grand... 10 grand fine. Now, I remember, I think there was, there was a time when Mark Cuban, uh, who sat on the court or near the court or something like that, he got fined a massive amount. So it was, wasn't up to the teams to... He wasn't soft in, in his approach to enforcing the code of conduct or... No, no, no. He, he was... Uh, there, there was no black or black or white or grey or anything like that. It was like, bang, this is it, done. Yeah, I think people understood. This season you had the whole Adoka thing. Boston looked after it. You had the Kyrie thing. Brooklyn's there, and there was something else that happened. And again, it was it was left to the player. Even uh, with uh, fucking what's his name, Bridges from from Charlotte. Yes, 
again, Adam Silver wasn't there. He hasn't been here for all these. Like these are big things that have happened in the NBA. Now, why hasn't he come out and yeah put put in, put in his own fines, sanctions, or whatever? Enforcing protocol, NBA protocol. I think yeah, that, should, that's that's the only thing I'm going about. I'm not saying anything about. You're right. He should be yeah. coming down hard on on players that have had the rules explained to him as far as the league goes, and if they breach those rules, you know, uh, sanctions are enforced. Because like, at the moment, players have, players are fucking they're doing their own thing. Players are demanding trades whenever they want. They're right. It, it, it's because it's Kevin Durant come, is is a great example of of what you're talking about. But also, uh, you know, another instance is John Wall. He's on his fucking massive contract when he was in in Houston, and they wanted to use him off the bench, and he and he said, "Yeah, nah, I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not a bench guy." But yet he comes, he happily comes off the bench for the Clippers. Yeah, so that that's what I mean. It, it, the players have too much. Getting away with too much, they have too much. Uh, I don't know if you call it freedom, but. Oh, yeah. I, I so, would I would say it's less freedom in the league and it's more leverage. Yeah, that that, they that's have. what I was spot on. That that's what I was thinking of. So mine zero of the week is Adam Silver for doing fuck all. Um, my hero of the week. I don't know if you heard about you know how teams uh, they have naming sponsors for their stadiums. Oh, here we go. Yes, yes. And yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love that you're bringing this up. Go ahead. And uh, so I can't remember who has the naming rights to the Miami Heat Stadium. FTX. Yeah, and FTX is a major crypto exchange that became insolvent a few days ago. Binance did speak out publicly saying they were going to try to buy them out. Um, and then they reneged on that. And then it became public that FTX had been hacked into and that $600 million of user funds had been drained from exchange accounts. Now, yeah, so now this company have files for bankruptcy or whatever, so they can't afford to do this naming rights for the Miami Heat Stadium. So no, they're, they're actively seeking a new sponsor, I think. Yeah, and have you heard about who has offered the money for it? Oh, no, no. Who? Who? <laughs> um, well, I don't know how well. Uh, I don't know anything about your personal life or anything like that, but you may yes, have you heard do. of them. Yes, you do. Don't don't pretend. You know about my personal life. Have you heard or do you know who Bang Brothers are? Oh, of course I know who the Bang Brothers are. Oh, man. <laughs> They're the owners of the uh, best bus in history, I believe. Yes. So a porn company have said, here's some money. Yeah, here's, here it is. Uh, a porn business is way more credible than a cryptocurrency uh, exchange right now. So why not, call, why not be called the Bank Brothers Stadium? But, see, Miami is probably the global hub for the best porn in the world. That I did not know. I think that is that is what this is speaking to. I mean, I'm not sure how much Bang Brothers you've seen, Frank, but <laughs> it's all based in Miami. Yeah, obviously, obviously, uh, you know, you know a lot more about them than I do. I don't think that's obvious. I don't think that's an obvious thing. Um, <laughs> I would speculate, you know, just as much, but. <laughs> 
Miami is a beautiful place. They have a beautiful beach there. There is uh, much porn that is recorded in Miami. And it's just interesting, isn't it, that they would go that uh, direction after seemingly being involved with a legitimate financial uh, exchange. Yeah, oh, look, I don't think Miami will take take them up on the offer, but... Probably uh, not, probably it, not. I found it, quite, I would, I found it quite, quite funny. I would love it if they did. It would be awesome if they did. If, if, if they had that Peng Brothers logo on the court... <laughs> well, you know, they could probably um, offer some bus services to them from <laughs> yeah. the house. The, the tour bang bros. <laughs> tour bang bros. Jeez. Uh, Miami. Got to visit Miami. If, if, if I was going to go anywhere in America, I think it would be Miami, Frank. Really? You wouldn't go to Boston? No, Boston doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> you wouldn't even want to go to a Celtics home game. Uh, I would try to schedule it when they're playing in Florida. <laughs> 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 fucking America. Jesus Christ. What a crazy fucking joint that is. Um, so were Miami the hero? Yeah, Bang Brothers the hero. Bang Brothers are the, are the hero of, of yep. the segment there. Yeah. Yep. Okay, got it. And the zero? It was Adam Silver. Uh, I guess it's on me then to do a hero and a zero. My zero is D'Angelo Russell. Now, do you know what happened here, Frank? Yeah, I mean, I, was, I saw it happen and... And, All right, let, uh, let, let me just let me just uh, play this. About the fragility of Minnesota, the way that they've like taken some arrows through these games, and they've kind of had letdowns after it. But yeah. they've come back here now, swinging this small lineup with Nate Knight. Lee, corner three, off the mark. Okay, Another offensive rebound for the Suns. Craig steps into a three and drilled it. Here he is, supposed to be on the court, standing on the sidelines. Phoenix are playing five on four. They're playing five on four. There's only four. He runs on. He wouldn't runs it, on. About four seconds on the shot clock, D'Angelo Russell runs onto the court randomly during that play. But what is the coach doing? Like, the, can't he see that there's only four players on the court? Who is the coach of the Timberwolves? Chris Finch. Ah, oh, Chris Finch. Chris Finch. I mean, even the coach didn't even see it. Even Russell. I mean, can't you see there's only four players on the court? What is going on there? Why? Why have they only got four players on the court? How? How is this happening in an NBA game? Not even the assistant coaches. I think is, towards is, the end of the end of uh, before he comes on, I think there's one or two players that are looking at him going, "Fucking, what are you fucking doing?" Is the zero D'Angelo or is the zero Chris Finch? Yeah, I think the whole fucking franchise is, to be honest. Well, they're bad. The Minnesota Timberwolves are shit so far. Absolute shit, right? Is it the coach's fault, though, or is it the players? You probably have to say more so the coach. If, well, he's made, if he's made the sub, the players come off. So to 
package it up, my zero is, look, I'm just going to put it on D'Angelo. You're a player in the NBA. You, you should know when you checked into the game. You should know that. You don't stand there flexing your fucking adductor muscle. Get on the court and shoot a three or something that helps your team. And my hero is the fucking guy in Detroit that hit the half-court bank shot to win 10 grand today. That fucking well, guy wins. He's the hero. Didn't that guy want to win a fucking car? Yeah, it was a in car. New York or the other day? Yeah, there was that one too, you know, fucking lump him in there with this guy. Those cunts are way more heroes than NBA execs or players at the moment. Just a bit of FII, Ryan Saunders is a assistant coach of the Denver Nuggets at the moment. Uh, okay, so he's over there. Yeah. Um, Minnesota. They're not even checking in to the game when they're supposed to. Who knows where they end up, I assume, on the bottom. Well, that's a big call considering you've got Houston, who is a f- not even playing as a team at the moment, and you got the Lakers too. So if they manage to come last in that, then... Uh, I mean, it, Utah might be getting fucking Wimbanea. Is, is it confirmed that the Lakers and the T-Wolves are maybe the two worst teams? They're going to finish the two worst teams in the NBA. No, I think Houston will uh, probably be the worst. They'll challenge in that bottom two spot. Houston, they've got uh, they've got way too many young players and you know their roles haven't been defined or... You know, they're still learning who they are. So, uh, you know, they're sort of not playing solidly as a team at the moment. So, yeah, probably a decent call that they still have room to be the worst team in the league, even though they're not at the moment. But um, they actually are the worst team. They're 2 and 11. <laughs> yep. Worst team in the league. Lakers are 2 and 10. So, they're not far off it. They're basically right down there with them, with the Hornets and the Pistons. Um, the Hornets are getting Lamelo back, so you know that might improve them a little bit. But uh, yep, um, just want to do a quick shout out to two of our listeners. Yeah, uh, sure. The guy I know, uh, Timmy, Chicago Bulls. He's been following basketball since the nineties as well. So uh, didn't he do he- our logo and stuff? Is that the same dude? No, no, no. Different dude. Different guy, yeah. Different. Um, but but yeah, he he's always he always listens to the podcast. Uh, just a shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to to Timmy. Thanks for listening, bro. Yep. And another one is Leon. He's a regular of mine uh, where I work. He comes in. We always come in. He always comes in. We always talk about. Uh, <laughs> he just nods his head and goes, "Fuck! I can't believe some of the shit you guys say on this podcast." Um, he said, cracks me up all the time, but, uh, yeah, he always listens to the podcast. He, he loves it. He's a, he's a massive Detroit fan. So. Oh yeah. Respect, respect, respect to him then, because, uh, you know, it's got to take a lot of mental fortitude at the moment to get through what the Pistons are putting out there, despite how much I love Cade Cunningham. And yeah, he's, he's love seeing where they're going and what they're going to become. In the future, so yeah, yeah Jade Nivey too. Jade Nivey, um, you know, yeah, he loves play, him, he loves Cunningham. He's he's uh, he always gets you know the new uh draft pick singlet, so he, he's a big Detroit fan. So, big shout out to Leon and thanks for listening, dude. We appreciate it, absolutely, Leon. I appreciate it, mate, and uh, 
Emmanuel, um, shout outs to everyone else that listens to the podcast here, Garbage Time Basketball. We're on, we're probably the most popular on TikTok, right? You seem to be getting engagement over your side, Frank. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to put up a couple of samples every couple of days so uh just to get it out there and uh yeah we're starting to get a few more hits and a few more likes and a few more comments uh, a few more followers so so yeah so it's it's going well and maybe that's where our majority of our audience exists maybe over on tiktok i don't know if we're reaching him anywhere else but yeah good on you if you're listening via TikTok, please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast provider, whether it be iTunes, Podcast Addict, Podcast Republic, any of those fucking podcast aggregators, Spotify, of course. It's basically us and Joe Rogan on Spotify. Yeah. Fuck Joe Rogan. (laughs) If you want sports... Like basketball uh, sports, then uh, listen to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Thanks very much, Frank, for joining me today and listening through all my stupid ramblings. Always a pleasure, and I hope we find out where the fuck Matt's been. Who knows where he is? We'll find out in the coming weeks, and uh, we'll be watching closely what unfolds in the NBA. It's all pretty a uh, little bit pedestrian at the moment, I guess, other than Utah and the uh, Portland Trail Blazers winning, of course, but we're going to be on top of it as uh, as the season goes forward. Thanks heaps for coming along today, Frank. Uh, I really enjoyed it, mate. Always a pleasure, dude. Alright, well, uh, get at us on the, on the social medias or at Garbage Time Podcast on ProtonMail.com. That's it. That's going to do it for us today. We uh, we we smashed it out. We, uh, we did as much as we could. We followed as much as the NBA as we could. Didn't call any NBL, uh, mainly because it's been a week off in the NBL. Um, that'll be back full strength next episode. See what we can do about getting Matt back involved as well. That's it, mate. See you later. Garbage time. Basketball out.